Hey folks, I'm Kathy Parker with Beyond the Ball Field. This is not your typical sports show. We won't be talking X's and O's, but we will be talking about raising your family in the sports-crazed world. Let's not only survive sports, but let's learn to thrive on and off the field. So please, join us as we look at life beyond the ball field. Hi folks, today I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Clay Bolton. Clay is one of those guys that I met several years ago. In fact, uh, it was at a rivalry uh, dinner for uh, Clemson and South Carolina. And of course, I was for Clemson and Clay was for South Carolina. He happened to be a professor there in sports management and worked with a lot of student athletes. Through the years, he's become good friends with my husband and myself, and he's helped us teach camps with his son, Fowler and just been such a great inspiration. I love to hear his advice and love to hear his input that he has had into student athletes' lives. When this pandemic started, I couldn't wait to talk to Clay because I wanted to hear um, from his point of view some of the impact that it would have on, on student athletes. He is with them every day uh, with his uh, sports management class at Texas A&M Commerce. And I think you'll enjoy hearing his insight and it's very positive message. And I think it's something that can help all of us. So take a listen today as I speak with Dr. Clay Bolton. So Dr. Bolton, with the coronavirus and the different things that have happened, what do you think some of the advantages have been for student athletes? Well, I think maybe it does give them a pause and it maybe it does give them a chance to reflect on who they are as just people, not necessarily athletes or even student athletes, but just as people or, or human beings. I, I worry about our student athletes and I have at a number of different schools where I've been fortunate enough to, to teach because their life is so regimented and so programmed for them. And I think if this has done anything, it's it's let them see that, man, I can have some time to just be me. I can have some time to just be a person. I can have some time with my family. Uh, I can have some just downtime in general. And I know coaches and trainers and strength coaches are worried about, are they going to work out? Are they going to take care of themselves? Are they not going to eat badly? Uh, those types of things. But the reality is, is I think this gives them a chance just to be themselves. And I think right now with the world that we're in, that's kind of refreshing. And it's kind of one of the things that's coming out of this that's more of a positive than we first thought of. It isn't it important to find those positive things that are especially in the, in those student athletes who um, some of their lives were it came to a, a screeching halt the way they knew their normal came to a, yeah. a screeching halt. Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely true. I, I, I have found it fascinating to watch them find ways to pretty much use humor to communicate with one another. And, and they've done that in a variety of ways. I, we have a we, we've got a social media page like a lot of other colleges and universities do for just our academic program and just the things they're posting on there are pretty amusing. Uh, whether they start a, a song together, whether they, whether they start a challenge together that says like, Hey, do you remember your first 
time that you ever learned anything about sport? Was it with your dad? Was it with your mom? Was it with your grandfather? You know, what was that? Was it learning to ride a bike? Was it learning to play catch in the yard? Um, what was your first experience where you thought, Hey, I could be an athlete. And have you really reflected on that? And some student athletes have been doing that, you know, all kinds of challenges, which is pretty unique. I mean, I'm a face-to-face type of professor. I like to get to know our students up close. I like to be in a class with them. I like to see their emotions. This has forced me to have to use technology even more and to get creative with how I reach out and interact with them. So it's been good for us 50 plus professors. I'm just barely there. I'll be 51 in May, but we're having to to gear up on the technology side to keep up with our students. And when this is all over and, and they go back to, hopefully it will be soon be all over and, and they go back to the way it used to be. Do you think it's going to have a, a long-term effect? You know what? I think it will. And I think it'll have a real positive uh, effect. I mean, you, you know, Kathy, that, that coaches at every level love to have their student athletes over for a meal, for a home cooked meal, whether it's a high school team or a college softball team or whatever the, the, the case may be. And I we've think done that a will, whole lot of that for sure. Yeah. And I think that'll be, I think that it's going to continue to be more important. And I think it's going to continue to be more important to have that atmosphere of a family. I mean, I talk about it in class quite a bit of how uh, Coach Sweeney at Clemson has created what I believe is a true family, and other schools are trying to replicate that. And sometimes you just can't do it unless it's sincere and unless it's genuine. And I think this virus has forced all of us to be back together as families. I think that's really good. I think that's really healthy and really positive. And I think you're going to see coaches utilize that maybe even more so going forward to Look at what this did in terms of making us stay together in our house and having to be with one another. That that could be a real team building thing for the future. Almost like when you don't have something, you know, you realize that you've been taking it for granted until you don't, mm-hmm. you can't do it. And then you're like, wow, I can't wait to get together again with my teammates, with my coaches and, and fellowship. You're talking about relationship, building relationships. Well, don't you think that we, our our pastor at our church here in Texas was reflecting on the power of laughter and what a great thing God gave us in terms of the ability to laugh and laugh at ourselves and laugh at each other. If it's one thing that I've seen out of this lately, it's been the power of laughter, the power of humor. And I think we have to have more of that. I mean, our business in sport and recreation is so serious and we're so serious minded and we're driven by wins and championships. And unfortunately, a lot of cases were driven by dollars. And maybe this is going to make us feel differently about the human heartfelt uh, side of sport. And um, in that case, we can laugh a little bit more at each other. And I think that's I think that's healthy. I think that's a good thing. Um, You had shared a a story about um, when we were talking about kids just having to stop, stop and realize that, okay. You know, I worked really hard for something and it didn't get, you know, it didn't pay off the way I thought it was going to. And that's happened around our country from, mm-hmm. you know, high school, college, you know, all the kids that are involved in sports that had to take a, 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 a screech, came to a screeching halt. You have a story that, that's pretty powerful about your uh, girls' uh, basketball team. Would you share that yeah. with us? 
Yeah, they um, they really have have blossomed this past this past year. Our, our women's basketball team was we were very very fortunate um, just how they came together. Uh, a few of them were D1 transfers. Uh, a number of them were uh, junior college transfers. Some of them were first year, second year students that came to our school, you know, right out of high school, and uh, had a really strong staff. Had a staff that stayed together for a few years. And refreshing to see our young ladies um, really in terms of attendance and attention outweigh our men's team this year in women's basketball. And at one point we were – my memory is a little bit foggy right now with all we've had going on the last few weeks. At one point I think we were 26-0 and 0 and got as high as number three in the country and um, finally had a loss at home against uh, West Texas A&M. But to watch our young ladies uh, go through that this season and see our field house full um, for a women's game and not a not a seat in the in the gym available uh, standing room only to watch our women's play and our, our pet band, our cheerleaders and people genuinely excited and interested in women's basketball at Texas A&M Commerce, a Division II school, about an hour north, you know, northeast of Dallas. Uh, it reminded me of when Dawn Staley came to South Carolina, and when I was first at South Carolina, when she was hired as a head coach in women's basketball. You might see a thousand, maybe two thousand people in the stands for women's basketball, and you look at South Carolina now; they're averaging twelve, thirteen, fifteen thousand fans. Uh, for women's basketball. So I think it's been really fun. Um, our women's team was on quite a run. South Carolina's team was on quite a run. And it was interesting in class to talk about the parallels between a Division One school where I used to teach and used to love and see their their run and then see what was happening with our Division Two ladies uh, at our school. It was pretty powerful to see that. And to see our young ladies just get a taste of what it's like when people are talking about your stats and they're looking forward to see if you're going to continue to streak. It's just uh, really, really powerful. And then that stopped, you know, with the virus. And that was pretty, uh, pretty tough for everybody to swallow. I mean, they actually had left for the first round of the NCAAs and they spent the night in a hotel. And then they were told the next morning that the tournament was canceled. Uh, they had to get back on, you know, a bus and a flight and go home. So that was uh kind of earth shattering, but I guess maybe another chance to uh, talk about adversity and overcoming adversity when this is all over with and how you respond to that. How did you as a professor, how did you respond to that? Did you have any conversations with any of those students? I did. I did. We've got two young ladies that are, that are um, two seniors on the team that are in our academic program. And I see them quite a bit in class and um, actually, you know, utilize them as examples in class. Uh, of what it's like to to overcome the last few years where they've been getting better than to have this great season um, and, and just the attention they've, they've gotten. I mean, they, they, you know, student athletes blossom anyway when you recognize them in class, you know, for achievements. And then they also recognize when you're sitting in the stands and you're cheering for them, for them I've always believed that they will shine in the classroom that they see you there um, in the stands beside the field, beside the court, but so, you know, whatever the case may be, if they see you, they're cheering for them. They're more likely to show up for you in the classroom. And that certainly was the way these two young ladies in women's basketball did this past year. I, I obviously for NCAA reasons, I can't name them, but they, uh, they really did, you know, they really did blossom. But when this season stopped and they didn't get a chance to continue on the court, 
I think it's given them some some time to pause and think about uh, how I can reflect on the good things that happened this semester and the good positive run that we had, and how can we build on that for the future, whenever that is, whenever the time comes back that we're back practicing and playing. And maybe that'll be different this time. You know, maybe it'll be a little, little refresher with this break they're having right now. We'll see. I got a question to ask you, and I know that that no one knows. I've, I've been reading the NCAA website, and my husband and I mm-hmm. were talking about it this morning. And and um, you've had extensive experience with athletic departments in um, the big conferences, and then in some smaller conferences as well. Yep. It's quite different um, at a big a Division One school because the the funding may be there for the smaller schools, but across the board. Do you think that something can be done or do you think that it's just going to be one of those things that it was unfortunate and we have to learn to accept it? Hmm. That is a really good question. I, I don't know. I've been, I've been following on, I, I get a, a daily uh, web blast um, called D1 Ticker, which is primarily for athletic directors at the Division One level and it provides a lot of good information and the Power Five conferences, you know, the Clemsons, the Georgias, the Ohio States of the world, they've got enough reserve funds to weather the storm. The smaller D1s and the D2s primarily don't necessarily have any reserves. So it's going to be interesting going forward to, to see how this changes from a, all of this from a financial standpoint. I don't think necessarily that's all bad. I, um, I, I, I straddle the fence sometimes in my law class. My students will say, Dr. Bolton, do you think that division one student athletes ought to be paid? And I can argue both sides of that. Clearly I can argue. Yes, they should. And this is why this is how much money there is in power, in the power five and so on and so forth. And they're doing all the blood sweating, all that good stuff. But then I can turn around and say, well, wait a minute. Do you understand at the Power Five what they get at the Clemson, Georgia's, Ohio State's of the world? What are they getting? Education paid for, the chance to travel, all of that. This might be a chance with the NCAA basketball tournament totally being canceled. Uh, This might be a chance for us to reflect on that because I don't think the general public or the average college fan understands that the men's Division One basketball tournament is the number one revenue generator for all of college sports every year. Wow. And the fact that that tournament didn't take place this year is going to be felt for a while. It'll be felt next year, then the year after that. And it is, it is a big, big blow to not just D1, but at the Division II level, we still get part of the proceeds from the men's Division I basketball tournament TV contract. I don't think the average person knows that. And, and to be quite honest, when the NCAA is talking about, they're not even mentioning basketball they're just talking about spring sports yes yeah and i think um you know softball being cut short baseball being cut short track and field tennis golf you know so many sports that play in the spring now that just have to stop i mean it it got beyond college sports so kathy it got real for me being from augusta it got really real for me when the Masters said, oh, guess what? We're going to move probably to the fall. That's when oh, yeah. it really hit me between the eyes that this is really serious. And then what happened after that? The Olympics said, 
hey, we're moving to 2021. It really got serious then. And it's you, like, man, this is bad. That's right. And you and I, uh, of course, have lived in that area, in that mm-hmm. Augusta uh, area. And the thing is, everything, every business, every <sighs> charity, everything revolves around it does that that the masters everything yep. does um, the the commerce that comes into that community I mean I remember moving there um, in uh, 2009 and I was I looked around and I was like you know the commerce there was doing so well and I was like do you not know the rest of the country is it's really <laughs> suffering right now it's true. and but, but it was because that masters brought in so much revenue. Yes. And so for that to not exist, I mean, there's just tons of, of, of things that, that have, have really impacted that whole, that whole sporting community, but that whole, the whole state. You know, though, what it's made us do, and I bet your house is no exception. Ours certainly is, is no exception. Sports is such a big part of our life, just in general, even if it's just saying, Let's turn on and see who's playing in baseball or basketball or whatever tonight on ESPN. We that stopped, and now we've had to reevaluate where is sports in our life and in society, and how important is it in times like this? And I think you could answer both ways. I think it would be nice to say, boy, people need something to rally behind right now, and they need to be able to cheer for their favorite player, or their favorite team, but. Our church out here has said this really gives us an opportunity just to cheer for Jesus right now and to trust. And it's hard because we want to see the outcome. We want to see the win happen. We want to see that that catch in the back of the end zone or that, that home run at the end of the game or that last second basket for that little school that no one's ever heard of, but we're pulling for them because they only have a thousand students and they're beating the big school right now on TV. We're pulling for them. What we really need to be doing is is trusting that we're going to get through this, and it's a it's a reset as far as God saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm here, and you guys aren't paying attention, and and I need you to." And so I don't know if it's a God giving us a attention moment, but it feels that way to me. It you, feels that way to me. You are so right, and I <laughs> I can remember, uh, Pastor. Uh, once asking me a question about sports being an idol in in, mm-hmm. um, in our in our life and especially in my family's life, and um, and he said um, one way that you would know it was an idol is if it were taken, would it change? your life drastically. And I can remember thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, it would, you know, it would train drastically, but I didn't know how to put it back into perspective on where it should line up, like you're saying. And so now Mm -hmm. we've had no choice but to say, does life go on without it? Yes, it can. And you can look for the positive things, just like you were talking about, spending more time with your family, uh, students, Mm -hmm. knowing who they are. And we deal with this because in my family, my husband and I would would tell our kids, okay, you know, everyone's going to play their last game. And still knowing that and telling them that and them experiencing that happening with their dad, it's still, they still had a hard time transitioning from not being a student athlete anymore. So mm-hmm. what an opportunity to get things in perspective and to get yeah. things in, okay, yes, 
you know, thank, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you for our help. Thank you for allowing us to be able to, you know, help one another and encourage one another. And yes, it's tough not to have this, uh, what we all love, this, these sporting events and these opportunities, but getting things back in order. You're exactly right. You know, when it comes back, though, it may be the most special uh, time for all of us, regardless of your favorite sport. When it does come back, we may look at things a little bit different from now on and think about it. The Olympics being postponed for a year. The Masters may be moved to October. When it does finally happen, I think we'll look at it and go, boy, we're thankful. Gosh, when it's taken away, that was pretty rough but it got our attention back on what needs to be the most important. I think you're right. What, what's something that you could just, something tangible that you think will be different? Say you got that big game and you go to that big game, the way people act or something. What's something that you <laughs> think would be different? Man, I think it'll be more like one of my favorite things. I'm glad you asked that question. One of my favorite things to show in my freshman class, a class I call my foundations class, is a video that you're very familiar with. It's a video from ESPN a few years ago from game day about David Seville, the young man that helps Clemson football that has uh, Down syndrome. I, sh- I share that video every year in my freshman class, and the reason why I show it is because I want them to get the heartfelt, important part of why I really love college sports. And every time I watch that and I watch Gene Stallings and I watch Dabo talk about um, those particular young men, you know, Gene Stallings' son, Dabo having played on that team, and then what David means to Clemson football, there's not a dry in the classroom. And I watch our football players, um, some of them gigantic men, they're tearing up watching that. And they go, man, Dr. Bowman, I'd like to go to Clemson. That's pretty cool that Dabo has that fellow on that team. That's pretty amazing. That's what I think is going to happen around the country. I think you're going to see more of the human aspect and the heartfelt aspect of sport. And that's what really is important. And as much as I grew up most of my life despising that team in orange, when I see that video of David Seville, (laughs) I can't help but get teary-eyed and get heartfelt because it's just good stuff. It's good stuff. For and, those uh, of us, for those of you that may not know, um, Dr. Clay Bolton was a huge Gamecock fan. In fact, he was a professor for uh, South Carolina. And uh, I kept, you know, trying to introduce him to Clemson and tell him how wonderful Clemson was. And uh, and lo and behold, if they didn't recruit him and he was wearing orange, he even has an orange T-shirt that he wears every now and then. And he says it's a I great do. conversation piece. <laughs> I do. I do. But that piece, you know what I'm talking about on ESPN. Yes, I, think I do. Jim, I think Jim Wojciechowski did that for game day a few years ago. And it's just so special. I, um, I, I can't stop. I, it's like when Forrest Gump tells uh, Jenny at the gravesite about Little Forrest. I cry every time I see that movie when that scene happens. And I, I get teary-eyed every time that David Seville says that Coach Swinney likes to say the only uh, disability in life is a bad attitude. Oh, my goodness. I can't get over that. I mean, I get it gets me every single time. So uh, that, that I think is going to be different. I think people are going to be lining up to say, I'm going to play for a coach who puts God and family first and the heart first. 
And then if all those things happen, then the winning will come. I think that's going to be different. And people have asked me that. Even our coaching staff here has said, what is it about Clemson? I said, you just have to go. I have to admit, being up there and being in the foothills of those mountains and the, the family atmosphere, I have to I have to admit it. It is different. It is special. And as much as I used to ridicule it, I have to take it back because it is special and very hard to replicate. So I think authenticity and family is going to be the hallmark of sport going forward. And that's a good thing that may come out of all this. I, that's a good thing. I so agree with you. And you said it so well, the human aspect. And as a mom that has had uh, you know, my children play at high levels and yeah. have them ridiculed, it's almost like people disassociated themselves with that that's somebody's kid, that that's someone. And, and the things I'm saying, they would never say that to you know someone on the street or someone that they worked with. They would never talk the way that that they felt comfortable talking to and yelling and screaming in the stands, too, because the human yeah. aspect was gone. There was no uh, compelling to understand that person or no. It was almost like, you know, I paid for I paid for this ticket so I can say anything I want, no matter how harsh yeah. it is. And it's almost like all that's gone. All that's gone because now you're realizing that, okay, we're all in this together, uh, whether we like each other or not, we're all in it together and they, and we need each other. So it is, Mm -hmm. it is, it is really, um, coming against some of those things that we've gotten, um, just take it, like I said, taking it for granted and that, oh man, you know what compassion we can have now for those athletes who went through discouragement, how much, you know, we can understand those people that have lost jobs, how the compassion, the compassion, the compassion that we can have for one another is so much greater now having gone through something as a nation and as a world together. Um, So it it takes us back again to what is more, what's, where are your priorities? You know, where, where are your idols? You know, where, where's your, where's your heart? And so I think it is a great time to reflect. And I think you're right. There's going to be some amazing things that, that have, have come from going through this adversity. And we're very thankful that you are in the position that you're in to be able to mentor um, this whole uh, sports management. What kind of jobs did these these young people, what kind of jobs did they go into? And how do you think going through this year, 2020, is, is going to affect them going forward? Well, this is what I like to say. I, I am so fortunate to be where I am. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm lucky in Dallas, where where I'm located, in our school just just you know just outside of the Dallas Fort Worth area. We have every pro college and recreation opportunity that you can imagine in any area, be it NASCAR to pro football to college athletics to high school to parks and recreation, you name it, we have everything in Dallas. And we are very, very, very blessed. So many of our students come into our program thinking they want to work in pro sports. What I try to tell them is maybe you'll get a chance to do that. Not many people do, but you need to have plan B, C, D, maybe even E and F. And what I try to tell them is when they say to me, 
you know, Dr. Bolton, why do you do what you do? And I said, I'm in the changing lives business. That's the business I'm in. It's just, I get to do it with sports and recreation, but I'm in the changing lives business. And I like to look at them in my first freshman class. And I said, somebody in your life stopped and made a difference for you. Maybe it was your first coach in, in peewee football. Maybe it was your first coach in little league, or maybe it was your softball coach. Maybe it was that county parks and recreation director. Maybe it was your first PE teacher, but somebody made a difference in your life. And they said, Hey, I want to teach you how to do this. I want to show you how to do this. I want you to realize your potential. Do you remember who that person is? And boy, their faces light up and their arms go up. Hey, I want to tell you about so-and-so. I want to tell you about Mr. So-and-so. I want to tell you about coach. So-and-so I said, when's the last time you wrote them a thank you card or a note to say, thank you for the difference you made in my life. And most of them go, what are you talking about? And I was like, this is what we're going to do in this class. You're going to write them a note and say, thank you for investing in me and changing my life. Now, do you, if you still want to work in pro sports, fine. But there's so many jobs out there that involve being a sports ministry director at a mega church in Dallas. Or you want to be a camp director at a camp for kids that can't afford to go be in the outdoors or be around people or they've been disadvantaged their whole life. You want to be a camp director or you want to be the sports director for a local YMCA or a croc center or a boys and girls club, you know, you name it. I go through all those lists and most of them don't know about those things. They came into class going, I want to work for the Dallas Mavericks or the Rangers or Cowboys. And so I try to emphasize the recreation heartfelt of our field but then I don't discount, do you really want to be in big-time college athletics or do you really want to be in pro sports or do you want to work in marketing? Do you want to work in facilities operations? You can do that, and we'll teach you how to do that. But I want to open your eyes to if you will invest in changing lives, maybe your, your dreams are possible. If you see it as I'm going to help others first and myself second. And for a lot of them, that's a really foreign concept. What do you mean I would want to help other people besides me? That's weird. And so we kind of start in our program that way. And um, some of those recreation jobs are not the most high paying in terms of the wallet or the checkbook, but boy, do they pay well in terms of the heart. And uh, we've got students all over. We've got students working in camps. We've got students that are heading up YMCA's. We've, we've been lucky. We've got some students that are working in pro sports. A lot of them are going to grad school. Some of them are in law school. And um, some of them are really great, heart-filled, um, you know, touch stories. And uh, we just keep marching on. I've been lucky enough. I've got a 32-person advisory board that is comprised of different individuals from around Dallas-Fort Worth. And uh, I've been so fortunate to have that group that we've, we've been able to put together over the last four or five years. And right before the virus happened, we had them on campus for the first time in our new nursing and health sciences building, and uh, 28 of them were able to come, and they just spent so much time with our students 101, and several of them came up to me and said, I'm in, Dr. B. That's what people call me is Dr. B. They said, I'm in your program. You care about young people, and you care about seeing them get out there and change the world. So count me in, sign me up. And these are people like the director of player relations for the Mavericks, the vice president for operations for the Rangers, the senior associate AD at TCU. I've been so fortunate and it's all God. 
it's not me. It's just I'm in the right place at the right time to impact lives, and I do it every day and love what I do. And uh, this 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 virus and what's happened is scary because I've got kids that are interning at places, and they're saying, we don't know if we're going to have a season. We don't know if we're going to have games. What are we going to do? We can't sell tickets. We can't sell sponsorship right now. Everything's up in the air. And all I can say to them is you got to trust. I mean, all of life is uncertain right now. You know, everything is up in the air. It's not just sports. It's everywhere. But the first thing we think of is how is this going to impact me in sports? Because they're not playing any games. They're not scheduling any any events. How in the world is that possible? Well, (laughs) all of life has stopped. You know, what do you want me to tell you? Life has stopped right now. And you got to figure out how to navigate it. Dr. Bolton, you are making a huge difference. And I I can see you are definitely in your element with changing lives, exactly what you wanted to do. But you're right. You can't give them what they're wanting. I, I hear that all the time from from young people and, and older people as well. They want someone to tell them it's going to be over. This is what you do to make it stop. You know, this is, and, and right now nobody has, has the answers. And so now you got to see, okay, how do you deal with it? And just yeah. putting them to say, okay, what, look around, what can you do? What can you do to help others and, and get your focus off, off yourself and mm-hmm. see what you can do to encourage and we'll get through it together. So what That's great right. advice. So thank you. Thank you for what you do. And thank you for building up the next generation. Absolutely a pleasure, y'all. Have a, have a blessed day. And we will all get through this together. Thank you for joining us on Beyond the Ball Field, where we are using lessons learned in sports to positively impact our family and others. For more information on how you can be a positive influence beyond the ball field, go to our website, beyondtheballfield.com.